Art is open to interpretation, but here's something that's totally clear. You can save on your bus trip to the First Street Transit Gallery to see works from CSULB students. Get your Go Beach Pass from Long Beach Transit for as little as $40 a month for unlimited bus rides. Then go check out pieces from your fellow students on display in downtown Long Beach. Great value and great art. It's as easy to understand as that. For more information on the Go Beach Pass from Long Beach Transit, visit ridelbt.com forward slash students. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. My name is Cindy Aguilera, and I will be your host for today. Joining me is today my co-host, Aziza Gomez. How's it going, Aziza? How are you? I'm good, Cindy. Just kind of grinding myself for this. I just came back from um, work, so I'm trying to get into that podcast host mentality <laughs> hey we, we we are here we're we're here and I am very happy to have you here so thank you for being booked and busy and always <laughs> <laughs> being here on time thank you. thank you all right I'm gonna give you a little time to chill and sit back you said you just got off work so I'm gonna get our news for this week started all right first things first Long Beach State weekly sports recap This week, we have a lot of good things happening in sports. First things first, uh, our reporter Malik Reeves reports in tennis. Team members Ariana Bakova, Nikola Homolkova, Claire Ledoux, Zara Lennon, Sheena Masuda, and Susanna Setsinpanska all competed in doubles actions. I am so sorry if I mispronounced any of those names. Saturday was the team's best day of the tournament, which featured a sweep in doubles play and two wins in single singles action. LBSU's women's tennis will be back on the court in November for a tournament at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Next up in volleyball, women's volleyball had a busy, busy week competing in back-to-back conference games against UC Davis and UC Riverside. This beach came up, the beach, uh, sorry, came up short for both games, losing in five sets against UC Riverside and being swept against UC UC Davis. Those losses moved them to three to seven in conference play and nine to 12 overall. Next up in soccer, senior Kayla Cannon scored her third goal of the season with junior Lena Silano providing the assist to secure the victory for LPSU. With two remaining games left in the regular season, they will be back in action at home next week against Cal Poly Pomona and UC Santa Barbara as they look to compete for the Big West title. Last but not least, in golf, the women's golf team is closed out its fall season with a final tournament this past weekend. The team was invited to the clash at Boulder Creek, hosted by Northern Arizona. There were one of 18 teams taking part in this tournament, which runs from Sunday, October 24th through Tuesday, October 26th. Now, just a little sidebar in the volleyball sport at LBSU. Recently, our reporter Matthew Brown reports that Long Beach State Athletic relieves its women's volleyball coach of her duties. Long Beach State women's volleyball head coach, Joy McKenzie Furbringer, was relieved of her duties effective immediately after failing to meet program expectations, according to a press release Monday. Uh, on Monday, um, Executive Director of Athletics Andy Fee says making a coach change is never easy, but it's an especially difficult decision when you know that the coach has a history with our programming university. Best of luck 
to a volleyball coach. In the meantime, it will be assistant coach Sabrina Hernandez taking her place. And last but not least for my part, President Jane Close Connolly shares latest development regarding Pavanga. Our reporter Fernando Haro reports that Long Beach State's President Jane Close Connolly addressed the Long Beach community on Wednesday regarding the recent developments in a lawsuit between the university and the Native American tribes that consider Pavanga sacred land. If you guys didn't know this, Long Beach is on uh, Pavanga land and for a really long time now, um, they've been kind of going back and forth in this kind of um, settlement agreement. Uh, the article says this comes after a settlement agreement, which was reached in September, this past September, that put an end to the lawsuit brought by the Juaneño Band of Mission Indians, the Achachemen Nation, Velardes, and the California Cultural Resources Preservation Alliance as well, have been fighting to preserve this 22-acre plot of land that's right next to um, our campus. So it's um, good, I think, to see some progress in that struggle. Um, Aziza, do you want to jump in and share your portion of the news this week? Yeah, of course. Before I do that, I want to say that I'm really happy that um, we reached the settlement with Pavagna. I know that's, that's what I'm saying. Really, really important to so many of our community members. So yep. I'm glad that we, we did um, go forward with the settlement and are going to have good vibes on campus, on campus again. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, because let me tell you something, just from just reading and doing, you know, my very preliminary research on mm -hmm. native, you know, issues regarding like land acknowledgement, that's pretty much all that they really ask for is mm -hmm. just, they want their land back. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see the problem with that. I think that's absolutely reasonable. And if anything, it's, long 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 overdue mm -hmm. um but again yeah like you said Aziz, i'm i'm happy that the school is making progress and we're moving forward and and really correcting some of the things that just need to be fixed yeah man i agree so for campus news isabel patterson child development center has yet to reopen to full capacity amid staff shortage as classes return to in-person instruction, the Isabel Patterson Child Development Center and resources for pregnant and parenting students suffer low engagement and limited capacity. At its peak, the Isabel Patterson Child Development Center could hold up to 200 children on a typical day. Nationally, there is a shortage of childcare workers largely due to anxieties about children being unvaccinated and the rise of the Delta variant. The center hopes to expand upon the services they're currently offering and open up to full capacity soon. In order to maintain an appropriate student to teacher ratio, the center has limited enrollment until they can hire more teachers. Preschool aged three-year-olds have a ratio of seven students for one teacher. Classrooms for four-year-olds and older preschool have eight students per teacher. The oldest children as well as school-age children maintain a ratio of 10 students per teacher. Spots at the Child Development Center have always been highly sought after, and there's currently a wait list for families looking to join the center. Part of the center's mission is to offer childcare for student parents who are prioritized for enrollment so they can focus on their studies. 
Beyond the Isabel Patterson Child Development Center, some resources available for pregnant and parenting students include the Beach Parents Program and the Pregnant and Parenting Students Association. Yet, all of these programs have suffered due to the low engagement resulting from online instruction. Alexandria Kochiko, director of the Isabel Patterson Child Development Center, says they're looking forward to the day that this blows over and we get more students on campus and a healthier pool of employment. This made me, it made me happy to know that there is resources on campus for, you know, students who have who are experiencing that life of juggling school and being a mom or a dad parent yeah. period that's amazing yeah someone who was raised as being someone who was raised by a single parent i can tell you that i appreciate all those people who helped my mom out when i was a kid because it's 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 not easy you know to juggle not only just like raising a whole person hmm. but also like pursuing your education on top of that and all the you know responsibilities that go along with that so yeah, yeah. I, I agree I actually didn't even know that we offered all that stuff so that's all really informative I'm glad that I learned about that and we can yeah. pass that on to other moms out there who I think absolutely are 1000 welcome to mm -hmm. pursue their education I think it's great yeah and don't be ashamed of asking for help Everybody yep. needs help nowadays. Mm -hmm. And for my second uh, piece of news, Daily 49er reporter Daniela Gonzalez delivers an article on how to stay safe on Halloween. As students prepare for the rapidly approaching Halloween weekend, it is important to keep in mind all the dangers that can occur and to remember that safety is a priority. It is important for students to be aware of all the dangers surrounding alcohol consumption on Halloween. For those who have plans to join in on the festivities, Long Beach State Police Department Captain John Brocky provided a few tips for CSULB students to stay safe. First tip is to celebrate with known and trustworthy people. To best ensure one's safety on Halloween night, students should only be going out with close friends or family they trust. It's really not safe to go out alone, especially if one is not familiar with the place or people there. Second tip, Keep an eye on your drink. Captain Brocky says that students should not accept drinks from people they don't know. Drink spiking is very common, and with all the alcohol consumed on Halloween, it is important to be aware of the fact. Students should only accept and consume drinks from friends or family they trust or drinks that they opened and served themselves. Students who go to an event and choose to not drink should keep an eye out on friends and be aware of the symptoms of drink spiking, such as mental confusion, speech difficulties, memory loss, loss of inhibitions, nausea and vomiting, breathing problems, muscle spasms, loss of consciousness, and an unusually long hangover. Third tip, plan ahead and be aware of your surroundings. If students know that they will be drinking on Halloween, they should make sure to plan ahead. Students who are out with a group of friends can either make plans for someone to be the DD or they can arrange for someone they know to pick them up. Another thing they can do is to use a rideshare service or take public transportation. Finally, while these tips can help students stay safe on their Halloween ventures, it is important to note that danger is unpredictable and it can arise at any moment. 
Prior to heading out to festivities, students should be aware of the many resources available on and off campus in case of concerns or an emergency. Yes, very sounds, important. Yeah, sounds like a great, great set of, of tips, I think. Um, yeah, you know, I've had like some wild Halloweens in, in my life. And I think um, definitely being around the right people ensures you're going to get home safely. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your plans for, for Halloween weekend, Asisa? Are you going out to party? I am going to one party, but I'm starting a new job this weekend. Okay. I'm going to start working on campus. Ooh. I don't want to give too much away, but hopefully it'll go well. Or, or I'll have a spooky weekend. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. No, let's, let's say it'll be spooky because it'll be fun. Spooky. Yes. Not bad. Spooky. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Cindy. That's awesome. That. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm going to, I think I mentioned this, I'm going to hit one party, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you know, regarding the alcohol thing, I think that's for sure. Like maybe in my early twenties, mm-hmm. it was like a super necessity to get like toe up from the flow up. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it gets old after a while. If you're going to go out and party, I think it's fine. Right. But like you said, like the article perfectly said, be smart, hang around the right people. Mm-hmm. Watch out for your drink. I can't believe people still spike drinks. What is that? It's horrible. Yeah. That's what it is. Just a big sigh. Just mm. like, ugh, it's just disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, any other news that sees you know, that was all the news that I had prepared for today. We're all cut up. If you want to see more things, though, you could check us out online. Yes. Right, <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, well, actually, I had one more thing I wanted to share with you um, since we're going to talk about one or an outside news story not oh, yeah, related to yes uh, to our school. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is charged in a sexual misconduct complaint. I just want to talk about this because oh, last dang. week we did talk about the Paris Hilton thing and her, um, you know, releasing that press release where she shared just like all the horrific things that she went through as a child. And like, since we're kind of on that topic of, I feel like it just keeps coming up, you know, this sexual harassment topic, but, um, this article is by the New York times, um, Former Governor Andrew M. Cuomo was charged on Thursday, um, and this is a trigger warning uh, for sexual assault, but he was charged with groping a female um, for purposes of degrading and gratifying his sexual desires. The misdemeanor complaint was based on the account of one of the dozen or so women whose accusations of sexual harassment against Mr. Cuomo formed the basis of the state attorney's general's report that eventually led to his resignation in August. So um, the complaint is like kind of solidifying sort of like what people have been saying about him for a while. Um, Apparently, if he does get charged, he faces up to a year in jail. I don't know if he'll be charged. You know, who knows how good his lawyers are. Of course, they're denying all the allegations and stuff. But mm. apparently, you know, this this woman, she was his assistant and like they were in his house or something. Um, and I'm assuming in his office working together. And he just like r- just started groping her. I could you imagine just how mm. traumatizing and horrifying that is? Um, but yeah, you know, what do you, what are your thoughts, Aziza? I hope this isn't too, too strong of a topic to talk about, but it just, it struck my attention today. It's not the first case of a politician or 
a person of power like mm-hmm. misusing their power and exploiting others uh I'm, I'm glad we live in a day and age where we can easily just like expose people you know yeah. um i'm glad that they're holding him accountable for that i yeah. haven't looked too much into it but if it is true i believe he should go to jail yeah yeah and you know again like the whole thing though so the article goes on to say like they basically have to have her recount the the incident right Mm. so can you imagine like already going through it once and then having to sit in court and say it over and over again yeah like I also have some type of way about the way that the laws are and just Mm. how like the victim has to prove themselves like Mm. you know they, they don't often believe the victim unfortunately yeah it happens in all institutions mm-hmm. even the small ones like even in, in for instance in, if this weekend someone were to get like harassed yeah the victim will probably be the one who has to like prove that they were harassed you know mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know maybe this is a start of more politicians more men in power being held accountable and hopefully they start doing more investigations like you said not just in politics but like in other institutions um because men like that are unfortunately everywhere mm-hmm. now Caesar, that's all for news i think i think we're all cut up this week is there anything else you want to talk about so i finally got to see sister act <gasps> how was it tell us it was worth the wait the actors and the music the performers that were in the show Uh were so good i don't remember the exact names but one of the main characters like the male like um protagonist Mm -hmm. he was straight out of a movie like he was so good wow my friend yeah my my friend megan is the stage manager for it and she was just like giving me a behind the scenes Ooh, how fun now where was this what what theater was this playing at so this was at the Long Beach uh, Playhouse. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Yes. How fun. I, yeah, I think they're still doing it. I know um, for one of the shows, they have like a pay what you can type mm-hmm. of thing where yeah. you can um, just literally pay whatever you can to see the show. Yeah. Or can, like not even pay anything. Yeah. Well, they got showing them. I'm, I'm looking online right now because it sounds yeah, like yeah. a lot of fun. It's but they really got- good. They have showings pretty much every Friday and Saturday till November 20th, which is the closing yes. night. So it looks like you have a lot of opportunities to take advantage of that musical. I love me a good musical. I no shame. Yeah, I love musical theater. Yeah, it's I think so it's good. I wish I would have invested more time in school being a theater geek because mm. I think it's it's so cool to like make a whole production like that and just sing your heart out. You know, I'm not the best mm-hmm. singer, but I wish I was. <laughs> Dude, I I'll still sing know. my heart out. That's right. No shame either. There's no shame in the singing game. There you go. You let it go. There you go. You let it I, out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right, Aziza. Thank you for sharing um, your news and your life updates with us. It's always fun to hear. <laughs> thank um, you. Again, good luck on your new job and all of that. We'll talk soon, hopefully. Southland is bringing its credit union experience to the Long Beach State Campus. 
As a student of Long Beach State, you are eligible to join with access to our new university student union branch, student loan services, free checking, and free financial educational resources. Visit Beach CU for more information. Hello, everyone. So for today's segment, we will be discussing men's fashion and fall fashion trends with our two guests. The first guest is Christina Marino, who is the arts and life intern at the Daily 49er, as well as the reporter there. And pretty much like a jack of all trades, the MVP, uh, she's editing, she's writing, she does it all. And also she does like amazing eye makeup. So if you get to see her on campus, look at her eye makeup, not to put any pressure, girl. <laughs> but how are you, Christina? Hi, I'm doing good. Just so happy to have survived this week. And uh, thank you for the beautiful introduction. And thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course, it's always a pleasure to have uh, one of our Daily 49er staff members um, on the show. Now, our second guest tonight is Campus Couture Club Public Relations Coordinator, Gavin Pangalinan. I butchered that, bro. Dang. Gavin. Oh, no, it's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I practiced that like a million times. Gavin is joining us to lend this fashion wisdom. How are you, Gavin? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm just uh, getting through midterms. And uh, it's going well. It's going well. That's right. We're all sort of like at the mid, like, semester mark I think we're kind of pushing through so shout outs to you Gavin for getting through that midterm mark and shout out to all of us for getting through it yeah. <laughs> now um, let me get started with you Gavin it's a pleasure to have you um, and let's talk a little bit about Campus Couture Club what what can you tell us about Campus Couture Club what do you guys do on campus and what are you working on this semester uh, so we practically make like a runaway show every year we um you know, go through like production, uh, finding a venue and judges for the runway show. And so currently this semester, what we're trying to do is gather members for our, um, for models, designers, and then of course, these people that have to represent us or we're representing them as like uh, for sponsorship and fundraisers in terms of like saving money. So that's what we're doing for this semester. And then currently, uh, yeah, it's going well. That is great. That's awesome. Um, so regarding men's fashion, I know we're excited to see like a lot of hoodies, a lot of sweaters, but what are some trends that you're seeing this semester? Uh, this semester, I've been noticing a lot more into like knitwear, crochet and fleece. I noticed that's a big one, especially with COVID-19 kind of pushing out this more uh, comfort and like activewear side of um, people's wardrobes, I've been noticing. And you could like see that in stores as well. And I notice even places like Uniqlo is slowly picking up traction on like military clothes. I noticed they had like, a, or I have one, right? Oh no, I don't have it right here. But it's kind of like the quilted military shell I've been seeing that a lot around and then the fleece is um that's a big one there's a lot of those fleece jackets nowadays yeah um that all sounds like super comfy and very fall like I'm always a fan of like the military look when the fall season comes around because you can really wear like a pretty heavy canvas jacket and some like Doc Martens I don't know that's just me 
But um, so let's talk more about this like knit sweater situation because Christina mentioned we've noticed a lot of like comeback trends, like a lot of turtlenecks and things like that come back. Do you think the turtleneck is, is coming back this season also? Uh, the turtleneck, I haven't been really seeing it around too much, but I it's kind of along the same lines of the spectrum, mm-hmm. but I just haven't seen it often because Southern California, it's really hot and then it's like really cold. So it kind of just varies on the day. So I would love to see a lot more of that though. I really enjoy those. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Christina, so let's talk with you for a second. So uh, Gavin, you mentioned SoCal winter clothes, right? Christina, you know what that's like to live in Long Beach and then you're, the weather switch up on you so quickly. Like you can't even really wear heavy jackets or sweaters because in a second it's going to be sunny and warm. What do you think, Christina? What's a yeah, good- <laughs> exactly. I think that's what, you know, living in Southern California, it's so nice because of the weather that it doesn't get too cold, but it also like limits us in that like fashion sense of actually wearing the, you know, typical fall aesthetic clothing of like turtlenecks and like big knitted sweaters. But I think eventually, um, it will get colder, it will get the opportunity to wear those things, but I think sometimes you have to suck it up for the fashion too, even though you're like, you know, sweating, but you know, if you look nice and you like your outfit, I think that's what counts. That's right. What? How does the saying go? Beauty is pain. Beauty is pain. And so <laughs> is fashion. Fashion hurts a little bit sometimes. <laughs> okay so we've talked about some sweaters I yeah I agree I wish like turtlenecks could come back I can only really wear a turtleneck like at night or something but at Long Beach there's no way there's no way I could wear that what do you guys think is a good like Long Beach outfit Gavin what would you wear on like a chilly day on a chilly day I usually I tend to wear like a lot more heavy stuff because that's like the only time I get to do so mm-hmm. so like it's more of like these like big like world war ii jackets i've been really into that and a lot more like on the vintage side so like right now like i'm wearing like this leather jacket it's kind of heavy because it's like like plaid inside mm-hmm. so today was like moderately like below 80 you know mm-hmm. so i was like oh i might as well as wear this but i would usually wear that and like denim pants or even corduroy. I have this one really nice corduroy cargo pant from Japan. So I usually wear that often when it's really cold. That's awesome. You mentioned thrift stores because we are going to touch on that subject. We have to. I feel like if everyone, like if you like fashion, you have to kind of shop at a thrift store because there's just some pieces that unfortunately like forever 21 and unique loaf as as trendy as they can be they just sometimes miss the mark you know and it doesn't look authentic like you want to get that authentic look you have to go to a thrift store so um when you go to a thrift store what are you guys christina what do you look for what's your go-to section because my go-to section is always like handbags or accessories i always love me a vintage bag but what do you go for christina 
I actually go for jeans. I think that like going to thrift stores and getting jeans is like the best place to get them because one, like if they're like actual dem denim, they're already broken in. So you just, you know, fit right in. And also like there's a lot more selection that you could choose from. And then just finding your right size, like figuring out how to get your own size is just a breeze and you get different unique pants that aren't in department stores anymore, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's something really special about finding like a really cool pair of pants, jackets, whatever it is like at a thrift store. Cause like, it almost feels like it's the last one of its kind or something, you know, like I got the last one or something. <laughs> Gavin so you mentioned are you like into leather in the fall like leather jackets are you faux leather or real leather I'm on that real leather <laughs> okay, that's fine yeah so majority of my clothes they usually try to import them from Japan mm -hmm. or I would go to a thrift store so it's like it's a lot more difficult because I'm really um, selective in that case you know but other than that, I really do enjoy wearing leather. It's just heavy sometimes. But in yeah. the fall, I'm definitely pulling those out, you know? I love me a good leather jacket. If I can wear a leather jacket at least once in the season, oh my God, with a dress or even with like a flirty skirt or something, I got to wear a leather jacket at least once. Okay, so Gavin, what is an inspiration for you regarding like men's fashion? Where do you draw your inspiration from? I mainly draw inspiration from like movies, especially even novels, but of course the scene in the, uh, more so the experimental and like avant-garde scene in Japan and Europe because there's like artisanal work and then there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more, it's a bigger genuine um, connection between the designer and the producer. Because one thing you could see relevant in like thrifting is people are starting to get it because the fabric, you know when something's industrial made and you know when something's like handmade, you know, or it's broken into, it gives it more character. There's a lot more, it feels stronger, you know, it, it speaks to you stronger. So I think seeking inspiration from like these little underground brands or, um, people that are like making a difference towards the industry. That's like something that I aspire to be and am inspired from, you know? That's awesome. Great insight. Now tell us a little bit more about this avant-garde because I kind of have an idea, but explain it to me as someone who like doesn't really understand avant-garde. What is avant-garde? Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll try my best at that one. But avant-garde is like a term that's like, it's trying to advance something in terms of art, technology, any category it is, you know, like let's say a runaway show does something that's a lot more different and uh, experimental, like, you know, it's sometimes controversial, sometimes it says a, a message, sometimes it's just ambiguous or mysterious, but that's like the entire uh, delivery towards this process. For example, we could have um, something that's so like to contour your um, proportion or the shape of your body to make you look different. There is some way that it like interacts with like the user or it interacts with the audience. There is a lot, there's a huge spectrum of avant-garde, but it's a, 
yeah, it's just like rebelling against the normity, so to speak. Yeah, it definitely. I feel like avant garde. It 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 needs like a of a reaction out of like the crowd or something. But it definitely like yeah, like you said, like it propels a, a thought or an action or a feeling or something. I think it's awesome. Like yeah, it's it's a hard thing to to find right and like kind of put into one definition. <laughs> you kind of know it when you see it. It I think you would feel it if anything before you can describe it. But anyway avant-garde i know it's so amazing now gavin let's talk about some icons let's talk about some male fashion icons that i can think of off the top of my head prince i'm just gonna throw that out there just like oozed you know masculinity but like i loved his just rocker style i like lenny kravitz i'm just i'm gonna keep going down the rocker lane Help oh me michael out. jackson michael Ooh. jackson uh sid vicious kurt cobain Mm-hmm. Those are definitely main inspirations for me. Um, oh, I can't think of. I'm like brain farting. Christina, Those are like the main people who. Are... Christina, help us out. <laughs> yeah, Christina, let's go. Oh goodness, <laughs> I'm I'm blanking too. I always feel like when people ask you like, "What's your like? Who inspires you to like dress like this?" I'm like. I know there's so many people that I draw inspiration from, but sometimes I just blank. I think right now the person that like I mostly am trying to like channel is probably like Ariana Grande. I feel like her style, it's, you know, simple and easy, but at the same time, like it's her own. So I always, I'm trying to kind of, you know, use that inspiration of just trying to be, you know, simple and easy in my own. Uh Yeah. Listen, it's funny that because you mentioned a pop star, I feel like who would be right now, like at the pop level, an influential person? What about Harry Styles? His fashion is very like, I feel every time I see it, it's like retro. And then and there's also this like trend of like 70s fashion and like also kind of like 60s. But I feel like, you know, it tends to come back. Ariana Grande plays a lot with like that whole 60s eyeliner and it's like very heavy kind of like. Uh, based off Priscilla Presley, kind of like, you know, that really heavy dark liner it looks great on her. I think it looks awesome. It's very like a classic look. Now, let's talk a little bit about retro fashion, right? Gavin, what do you got to say? Share it. I was going to say Lil Nas X. That guy's going crazy. Yes, oh, that guy's going absolutely ham. He performed okay. and he had like a medieval suit on. I thought that was absolutely hard. Okay. Is, is he avant-garde? Do Would you consider him avant-garde? I mean, it could be considered. I think it's more so like flashy. Okay. No. But in a good way. It's like okay. elegantly flashy. Yeah. So to speak. I him love and him. then Yeah. Um Johnny Depp, John Mayer. Those guys are crazy. Wow. Okay, let's talk about Johnny Depp fashion. Because Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. So what do you like about Johnny Depp's fashion? He's just so cool. Like he's like he deserves or like the way he dresses is the way he acts. That's something I really like about it. So it's like, like, you know, that's it's him when he's walking down the street. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of like, oh, I can't really pinpoint it. I just think of Jack Sparrow every time I picture him. <laughs> but I also picture him with all like these uh, jewelry, kind of almost like bohemian in a way. Yeah, that's, you know? yeah. He has a lot yeah, of like nice. a very like desert kind of bohemian look. I feel like he's very like almost kind of like a rustic cowboy because I, I do yeah. see wearing a lot of like kind of like tattered clothes, you know, almost yeah. like he's been in the sun and his clothes are just kind of tearing a little bit 
and like a yeah. hat is usually shading him right like he has like a big hat on and glasses so he has a mysterious look about him i think that's part of his like his appeal persona. his yeah. persona he has like that mysterious cowboy kind of like dark glasses look but yeah i agree johnny depp probably is a huge fan of the retro style as well yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if he was like a huge fan of like vintage fashion and all that so yeah like i'm a big huge huge fan of like the 70s i always have been for whatever reason so i pull from the 70s like all the time and i'm kind of really happy that i can actually buy bell bottoms in stores because the bell bottoms that I had were pretty much like vintage style and they tend to be like a lot more rougher, like a lot, you know, more not so stylized. Like when they're trendy, they're a lot more like, you know, stretchy and they're cuter and stuff. What do you guys think about 70s fashion? <laughs> Christina? I think it, you know, like with all fashion, really, there there's always like a comeback. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the comeback for like this time around is definitely bell bottoms. I think that's very a look that is coming back. And I think, I don't know, I think I've seen a lot of like vests too, like just like knitted vests and different vests too. I think like I'm not sure if it's like 70s, but I'm really seeing like that come back to yeah. So I just think like fashion just you know tends to repeat itself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we just like find different ways to like incorporate it to like modern day fashion, which is like cool. revive it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Just there's reviving like, looks. There's a few revival trends though, because we also have like the revival of like the early 2000s fashion. Yeah, like white really- yeah, like Definitely. the Y2K fashion, people like really seem into that. First of all, when I was that age, it was like kind of cringe. And I was like going through the hardest time in my life. <laughs> it was like my preteen years. Like I wish I had confidence during the Y2K years. I know. Um, but do you guys remember those those years and, and those trends like the Juicy Couture sweatpants suit and oh my god Gavin is hanging his head in disappointment Gavin what do you think it's it's a little difficult because you know when there's like people like doing something different when there's something trending it's like suffocating in a way because there's a lot of things that go underappreciated or unseen or you know seen something as foreign so when you see people walking around like Y2K, Brandy Melville, like at times, of course, it looks nice. Then again, it feels like it's like lacking a little bit since it's so oversaturated of that, you know, product and whatnot. Yeah, I agree. And then also like when you think about it, Y2K fashion in itself was not that great to begin with. It was a lot of like poorly made stuff that we were obsessively shopping at Forever 21 for which I think, I don't, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but was like the birth of fast fashion, like fast fashion being things that you buy and they're out of style in like a few months, you know, and you throw it away and get a new thing. And I feel like, you know, where are we getting our fashion inspiration from y'all? Like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. Everyone's on social media, looking on their explore page, then boom. Oh, this looks cool. This looks cool. Oh, I'm going to be this. They're not their own person. You know what I mean? I think arguably there's like a few Instagram pages that like run fashion or something because it it seems like everybody follows the same ones or the same influencers and then they just all end up wearing the same thing. And I just, I I don't think there's uh, authenticity in that. 
you know yeah, like I, yeah Christina I think especially think? I think especially with TikTok too it's been even faster than usual because TikTok is like go 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 like a trend is trending for a week or two weeks and then we're on to the next thing so I think a lot of you know inf- like quote-unquote influencers on there too you know put a lot of of that like pressure of like creating trends mm-hmm. and then you know that happens of like you know just the thrifting trend in general like just going tr- thrifting has become like a trend and it you know racks up the prices of those like um, thrift stores and it doesn't benefit the people that they were actually you know meant to benefit like the people who need to go to you know thrift stores to buy their clothes and but yeah I think just just that you know we need to try to find our like authentic selves and not rely so much on like what other people are dressing like to you know you know just be yourself (laughs) I agree that's a thousand percent on point because I feel like the most authentic fashion is the one that is like the realest like the one that looks the best is the most authentic and like, how do you achieve an authentic look? Just be yourself, like your stuff that you like, and you're automatically like trending. Cause I, this is, this is what I think. I feel like if you just naturally have your own style, you are just naturally a trendsetter because it it's not trend. It is no, it is against the trend to make your own thing. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to go with the trend. So when you make your own trend, you're right? Like kind of beating to the beat of your own drum or whatever. Um, you kind of like are really breaking the mold. You're already doing something so revolutionary because it's easy to follow the trends. You know, it's easy to watch TikTok and like, you know, get sucked into that and be like, oh, I need to wear that. I need to look like that and scroll on Instagram and our explore page and be like, oh, I need to look like that. Or I need to buy that what shoes or whatever you know as opposed to just doing your own thing and not even being worried worried about that um to begin with so yeah I think that's that's so on point Gavin what do you think about trends uh trends uh I don't really like trends too much because it's kind of it kind of flies by over everyone's heads I think one of the main things that's so important about clothing is like it's such a struggling yet intimate process like as an individual so it's like you know you could be buying something but if you have this sense of mainstream media or trends stuck in your head then it almost seems like you're trapped in like the bubble they made you so to speak it's more so people telling you what to do rather than you not listening to the voice in your head. It's it's really hard because when a big brand like luxury brand or high-end fashion powerhouse, they see these trends, they take advantage of it and they'll produce more of it. And then the fast fashion people will mass produce it. So that's the only thing they're left to buy. You know, people that don't know about thrifting, people that don't know about reselling or secondhand markets, they're forced to in like these conditions so to speak you know it's almost like the entire system is like trapping them as well you know both like as an individual yeah no you bring up a good point I don't mean to cut you off but you bring up a good point like when you think about how people used to shop before 
like let's just let's just look at like the y2k era right like we used to go to malls and he used to be in this one building like surrounded by just store after store after store and like when you think about it they're all kind of selling the same sort of thing right like trendy stuff in a different store but it's kind of the same thing and they had, I feel like you said, programmed consumers to sort of be like, you got to go to the mall to buy all your fashion stuff. Because if you don't go to the mall, you're not trending. And now it's just like, it's actually not true. Like you can absolutely 1000% find clothes elsewhere. And in a number of ways that don't require buying it at Forever 21 or I can't even think of the other ones. But yeah, I mean, right. I think so. Now, now it's thrifting. Now yeah. everyone's saying move to thrifting, then there's going to be a new one. I think, or it kind of did blow up, but I'm assuming it's going to blow up soon. There's like a thing called archiving. It's practically like all these, like, let's say like Calvin Klein, they're a big hitter. And even brands like Helmet Ling or Louis Vuitton, they have items that are 2008 and below. So people are reselling these for high prices. And, you know, I'm a victim of it as well, right? And so I really like the stuff from the past. And you know how they say um, it, everything reoccurs, trends reoccur. So it's going to come up again, and then people are going to move to archiving, then there's going to be another thing, you know, next thing, you know, authentic military clothes, you know, whatever is more exclusive, whatever is not known, people jump there, then it gets popular, and so and so. Because thrifting wasn't too popular back then, you know? Yeah. And I think also, yeah, and it was probably harder to find thrift stores back then. I feel like they're a lot more accessible now, at least. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, like I said, we were more, at least I was more drawn to malls in my teenage years and I never really sought out thrift stores, but I will shout out one particular thrift store in my neighborhood. It was owned by a, a family. Her name was Juanita. I don't even know if anybody would know this thrift store, but I don't even know how she would get all this stuff, but she would go to like wherever Goodwill gets their stuff or something. And she would just get like piles and piles of things and sell it. But anyways, it's like small little thrift stores like that, you know, that like, those are the gems and she's still there. I drove by the other day on Beverly Boulevard, um, like on the border of Hollywood and she's still there. And I'm like, dang, that's what's up. That's a thrift store for life. Christina, what's a thrift store that you like? Since moving to Long Beach, I haven't really been to, like, thrifting yet, but, you know, go-to is always Goodwill, you know, just, you know, go with enough time in your hands to, you know, so, like, look through everything, because sometimes when you, you know, take the mo most time in, like, searching is when you find that one really good piece to add to your wardrobe, because, you know, sometimes just one thing adding to your wardrobe is what makes it better, not, you know, sometimes buying in bulk isn't what does that, you know, finding, like, specific, like, different pieces that make, and then making them your own into your own style is what counts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you bring up a good point. Go thrift shopping with patience and like on a full stomach or something. Don't go like hungry or rushing. Like you got to go to work. Like, no, make a day of it because 
you're going to have to like look around the racks, especially if you're going to Goodwill, like there's a whole process. You got to know what color is on sale that week. And like, you know, there's just like a whole thing to it. You start off. I always start off in the dresses and then I just like work my way. I have a whole process when I go to Goodwill. Um, Gavin, where do you like to thrift? I like to thrift in uh, LA every Sunday morning. There's like this place in Fairfax, Fairfax Trading Post, I believe. I think that's probably one of the best thrifting I went to. Other than that, before I used to go to Savers, like in like Garden Grove, Westminster, I think. And then there's another one. I think it actually got famous off of TikTok. There's a place called, I think it's literally called Drop Your Jeans. And it's in San Bernardino and they sell like, uh, like super old Levi pants and like orange tab Levi's. So yeah, those, those three, I think are my top. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, I will kind of go into any little thrift store. If it looks like kind of like, if I can see it from the door and it looks like there's a lot of stuff inside, I'll be like, let me go look inside and, you know, let me see what's going on in there. And chances are, you're going to find something good. I don't know. Maybe that's just me always hopeful thinking, but yeah, thrifting, I agree. It's a trendy thing. People like discovered it and then they got cool and it's like, now it's cool. And the people that were doing it, like Christina mentioned, because they actually needed like affordable clothing now really can't even find affordable clothing because even the stuff that's first of all used should not be that, you know, pricey, especially when it's like not, you know, name brand. Cause you know, at Goodwill, you're looking at like Forever 21 stuff, you know, wet seal or something. I can't think of any other brands. <laughs> um, okay. So what are we talking about? Like, let's see, fall colors. What about fall colors, guys? Orange, olives, browns. What's your Definitely favorite? Definitely neutral colors. Neutral. What is neutral though? Like neutral, neutral dark. Neutral is like um, it's like like military green or like beige, mm-hmm. and then there's like you have like that light brown. It's really nice, mm-hmm. or um, like gray more so, because like hard colors like solid green, solid black. It's too like rough in a way. It's like aggressive. Yeah. Neutral colors. It's like easy on the eyes. It's like, uh, you know, for fall, you're easing into winter, so to speak. Yeah. A lot of earth tones. And I feel like we are seeing a lot of like earth stuff. I don't know if that makes sense, but like the leaves are changing. So we see a lot of more of those colors. And I think that's why we see it in our clothes. You know, maybe that's why, but I, I like that. I like that neutral trend. Cause I agree. I love a, a nice soft, like creamy white um, sweater in the, in the fall. It just feels so nice, you know, and drinking a pumpkin spice latte, which I'm pretty much done with. So, um, (laughs) this whole time, that's what I was sipping on my pumpkin spice latte over ice. If anybody was wondering, (laughs) um, so any other fashion fall trends you guys want to talk about anybody, anybody? Oh, I guess I'll go. Yeah, I think just me. I've just been trying to incorporate more like vests because I think that's such like a cool thing, even though, you know, it's like quote unquote trendy. I just think they look so cute and like, you know, you could like style them any way you want if you want more preppy or more chill. Like it's just fun, you know, experimenting with um, like different things. And that's why I love fashion because it's just you could be your own and, you know, take inspiration, but also, you know, being yourself. 
And yeah, fall is like, I think a great time to, to mix and match a lot of that. And especially in SoCal, we, even though it's kind of rough because it's like warm and cold all of a sudden, like, I think we also could take advantage of that, of combining, you know, like typical like fall wear, like, you know, like jackets and then, you know, pairing them with like shorts or a skirt, just, you know, you know, exploring like the variety that there is in this world, you know? But yeah. yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And I think, yeah, I think definitely fall weather and like fall fashion is definitely my favorite. Yeah, I agree because in fall, you can layer more things, you can put stuff on. And in the summertime, you can, you gotta take stuff off, you know? Like you're just, the less clothes possible, the better, you know? But in the in the fall, it starts getting chillier. So you can wear like, certain things that you can't always wear um throughout the year but I agree um Gavin what is some fall trends that you're incorporating into your wardrobe currently um I'm definitely on the fleece I really like the fleece I think that's something I've been carrying on but oh uh, you know it's just a little difficult making it your own you know because like tr- I don't particularly dislike trend, but when you do see something trending, you're like, oh, that looks cool, but how can I make it my own, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, make it unique, make it different, so uh, that's probably, like, the only one I've tried to incorporate, but other than that, like, yeah, trying to go against the grain, so to speak, you know. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's always a mood forever always going against the grain. I agree. Both of you guys said something really, really important. And I think this coincides with our view on fashion is that you really got to be yourself to be any, any good at fashion, quote unquote, you know, you got to really like, just know who you are and what you like and, and, and who you, who you are and how you want to present and show up, you know? And uh, the closer you are to your most authentic self, that's just your best outfit, in my opinion. Thank you so much, Christina and Gavin, for joining us this episode. Thank you for your insight. And um, you guys can absolutely 1000% look out for Campus Couture, CSULB on Instagram to follow and see all that fashion trends, all the fashion updates brought to you by Campus Couture Club at Long Beach. That is what's up. Christina, thank you for joining us and for taking part in in this little project that we have going on that's called Daily 49er Podcast. That is all for this week. Head on over to daily49er.com where you can read more campus and Long Beach related news as well as more multimedia content like this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Daily49er. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys and have a great night.